The Hello Careers podcast explores a system developed to align business needs with education and training. It's proven to be invaluable for dozens of businesses and people looking to create a new life for themselves. We are firm believers that you must screen for attitude and train for aptitude. We're unpacking our insight to help you build partnerships and earn public support for an age-old way of learning a skill, apprenticeship. We'll address issues such as where there's a skills gap, is there an education and training gap? How do you respond to a tight labor market? What happens when the major employer pulls out of your community? If you're looking to create an apprenticeship program or curious about what to do next, this show could be just the thing you've been looking for. I'm your host, Mark Sylvester. Now, let's get started and talk with the team. Hey, welcome back to the show. Um, Hello Careers, this episode, we're going to talk to some of the people who have been involved in the program, both on the apprentice side and the employer side, and, and listen to them now that we understand what the program is. And back with us is Paula. And Paula, why don't you introduce our guests? Okay, well, so first we have Peter Cardell. He's CEO of Clever Ducks, and Clever Ducks is a tech company in San Luis Obispo. And we have Sebrin Bangma, who's a service technician for Clever Ducks and also was an apprentice for Slow Partners for our IT tech uh, boot camp that we did. So, Sebrin, how did you first hear about the program? Sure, yeah, I, um, I saw it online. Uh, I saw an ad on uh, Facebook. And then uh, I signed up actually a year before I started the apprenticeship, but I uh, was overseas at the time, so I couldn't make it. But I applied again the second year and uh, got selected. So were you living overseas or you were just visiting or going to school? I uh, lived overseas. I taught English in Japan, and um, I was looking for careers back home when I got back. Now, did you grow up here? Yeah, I grew up in, uh, in San Francisco County. Oh, nice. And what was your back? So you were teaching English as a second language? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I taught uh, English in Japan, and then uh, I was with the Japanese uh, JET program. And uh, I did that for three years after graduating Cal Poly. And then what was what intrigued you in that ad? I'm curious, what was the ad copy that got you? Um, mainly, um, that was like, uh, they we're paying to have you learn more and to really fill um, the void of uh, needing more technicians. And and uh, that kind of intrigued me first because I was going to get paid to learn. So um, I, uh, I really wanted to take the opportunity. Plus get you back home. Plus get me back home and then really start a new career path. Now, how long ago was that? Um, sorry, what? How long ago was that? Uh, that was uh, two years ago. Two years ago. So you've gone, you've done the full year apprenticeship. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. I, I did one year of the apprenticeship so far. So this is uh, just a couple of days ago was my one year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Did you have a party? No, <laughs> I was just busy working. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and Peter, um, I, I have to know, where did the name Clever Ducks come from? Oh, it's a Danish term of endearment, like you smart cookie. We were looking for a new name for our company because we wanted to redo our branding and the old name just wasn't going to go anywhere. And we wanted to find, to find something that was fun, playful, told a story. And uh, yeah, we, we discovered Clever Ducks kind of on accident. And you've been around uh, the area for what, 
25 years, the business 25 years. Yep, that's right. And how many employees? Uh, we're 18 now. I was 19 if you count Falcor, our dog. <laughs> we we got to count Falcor as oh, long yeah. as he can code. Um, so how did you first come into contact with uh, Slow Partners? Uh, it really was a brainstorming session with Amy, who at the time was chairwoman at CompTIA uh, w- with Dan Weeks. And we were just, you know, there's a struggle in our industry uh, trying to find qualified employees, and we're just not able to find them. And the realization was, hey, we need to make these people. We need to grow them as a farming operation. And really that uh, happened uh, over a fateful lunch a few years ago. So I'm going to think that's probably four years ago because the program's going into its third year. And there was that, as in any new venture, there's the seed and gestation and all of that. Mm-hmm. And we had started a program kind of on our own where we had um, looked at certifications uh, that are, you know, track with techs at their different levels of ability and, and put together kind of a growth path. And um, Slow Partners really came alongside us or, you know, grew up around us and uh, helped us formalize that and also helped us cast a much wider net. So we were um, part of a recruiting operation that was bringing in thousands of candidates and they were screening them for us. And it was awesome because uh, we didn't have any of that overhead as a small company. We we got to select from a, a small pool of, of um, the, the best candidates. So you've been around since the very, very beginning. So, Paula, you didn't have to go recruit uh, clever ducks and and give them the value proposition of of why this works. No, clever ducks was one of the original companies that uh, was really excited about the program and got on board right from the beginning. So, how did you? Part of the the brand promise, if you will, of this operation is that you're involved with the apprentices kind of from the very beginning, and you get to watch them through this whole program. How has that been as a, an employer, as you're kind of looking at the, looking at the talent? Uh, it's wonderful. Um, you know, when you bring in um, a seasoned IT person, they have a lot of bad habits. Um, <laughs> they want to do things their way. Um, and we found that, you know, training people um, from the ground up is a great way to indoctrinate them in our culture. Um, they get how we're doing things. They're bringing fresh ideas. Um, we just found that it's uh, we were very, very successful with that. And and tell me about meeting Sebrin for the first time. Well, uh, Amy and I have hosted, oh gosh, um, over 10 foreign exchange students over the years. Um, all of our kids... Um, except for our youngest, and he's going next year, have done a, a year exchange abroad, um, you know, to Brazil, uh, Germany, uh, Taiwan. Um, and so we were just really kind of smitten by Sebrin because of his uh, experience in having lived in a foreign country and putting himself out there and also doing something, uh, you know, teaching and, you know, investing in other people. Um, we just saw in him our values of being focused on helping other people be the best that they can be. Uh, we happened to do it with technology, but he was doing it with language um, in Japan, and, and uh, he's been a great fit on the team. Now, Amy, your wife, you said, is the chairwoman, chairperson of CompTIA. Correct. For, former chair, so past chair. And she's going to be on an upcoming episode of Hello Career, so we're going to get to 
talk to her and get her perspective of this as well. So, Sebrin, you now you you see an ad in Facebook. I want to kind of drill down on this. So you, you see an ad in Facebook, you click, and then this looks, I'm going to get paid to learn. And so who did you contact? Did you contact someone at Slo- How did that work? Um, I signed up on their website, um, and I kind of had to wait for um, the notifications to come out. And then they uh, had a further application. So uh, I filled it out as soon as I got the email and, and went from there. So now I don't know if you know this, but it's possible, Paula, that he was in that group where there were a thousand applications for the slots. That the, I'm not sure your cohort, but there were hundreds and hundreds of people. So how do you think you made the cut? I'm curious. I think it was a mixture of my experience. Um, if I remember correctly, we had to write a little essay. So I'm sure that helped. Uh, and then my experience before. Um, but um, yeah, I just put in a good attitude and, and just really wanted it. And that's kind of how I applied myself. So how hard was it when you got here? Because these, these are new skills. So you've, you've already demonstrated that you, you have college degree, you've demonstrated you love to learn, but here's something completely new, right? Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I had a little, you know, I'm a geek by nature. So um, I had that experience, but I didn't have the professional level of technician or um, tech work um, in front of me. So uh, that's what I wanted to really um, passionately pursue. And and that's what I feel like I, I am today. And how many apprentices were in your group? Uh, there was about uh, 30 or so uh, in, in the first round, uh, maybe 35. And have you kept in touch? The, do yeah, you guys we still keep in touch? We still have a, uh, a Discord, um, you know, a chat uh, program that uh, we still communicate. And even when jobs come up or even at Clever Ducks, I see if anyone's looking and, and uh, reach out to them. And are they all working? Um, I believe most are working still in tech, yes. And here in town? Uh, yeah, throughout the county. Because that's the other part of this program is being able to take people and either attract them back Mm -hmm. because they've got roots here or be able to take folks locally and retrain them and upskill them for the jobs that are available. There's so many jobs. Yeah, from my understanding, they're all still here. Um, And uh, it it even extends to San Maria, but um, uh, for sure in San Luis. Yeah. Peter, one of the things that they found important in uh, this program was not just to do skill-based training, but also the soft skills, like working in teams, interviewing skills, all of those other things. How did that come to bear? And, and I guess a pre- question before that is, is Sebrin your first apprentice or have you done more? Uh, Sebrin's our fifth. Fifth? Yes. So let's then the question is is even better. All those other skills that aren't related to just doing the job, how how has that helped you in the business? Well, it's incredibly important. Uh, Our business meets people in a very vulnerable place since we help um, organizations be successful with technology, with IT. Uh, oftentimes it's a high stress situation if the system is not working and you know somebody has a deadline or whatever 
Um, there's pressure, but also people are insecure about technology, so they feel they feel stupid, which is not right at all because we all have our our specialties in this complex economy that we have. Uh, and so um, those soft skills are just critical to defuse the, the tension mm-hmm. and, and come alongside whoever we're helping um, to get problems resolved. Um, so that's um, key. And, and we work in a team, so we're all supporting one another. Um, and just the ability to communicate effectively and openly with one another is huge. So part of the success of the program, and uh, Paula, you've talked, you talked uh, in our first episode about your experience as a teacher and teaching people the, the skill, interviewing skills and LinkedIn and all of these other kinds of things. How is this ongoing relationship improving how we're continuing to groom these apprenticeships? Well, the ongoing relationship with the businesses? Yes. Um, well, obviously, Clever Ducks is a really, you know, a foundation for us. We we really value how the program has worked for them and get that kind of feedback. And it's always good to hear about how things, I don't know, pan out for each business and how each apprentice is doing and what they're working on and how they're growing. We use all of that for, you know, working with other businesses that are coming on and spreading the word um, that our area is is small, you know, we're a smaller area. And so word of mouth is always really key to spreading the word about our program. So it's really helpful to have such a, like an anchor business like Clever Ducks on our side uh, to help do that. Peter, I feel like you're a charter partner. Oh, wow. Right. Because you were, you know, sitting around the campfire figuring out that there is a need and Let's let's see if we can't figure out how to resolve that. So let's let's now look. We're going into their third year of this program. How do you think they're doing? We want more. I mean, we oh. the biggest limit to growth that we have is getting the right people on the team. You know, that have the skills, but also fit us culturally. Um, that have a heart of service, and those people are. Um, an unusual combination of, of uh, traits for IT folks, as you might imagine. Um, and we're not alone. Um, I'm Clever Ducks is part of an international peer group. We meet quarterly face-to-face with uh, non-compete IT companies um, from all over the world, and everybody is struggling with getting talented tech on board. And a lot of folks have kind of organically gone towards uh, an apprenticeship model. So this is something that's really a buzz in the industry all over the country. Do you see um, with your peers that they're working with apprenticeship programs like Slow Partners, or is it, as you said, organic and and not as organized as it is here? Uh, It's been um, pretty informal. Um, We've shared a lot of the materials that we've uh, put together with our growth paths for uh, the different um, types of technicians that we have. Um, and so folks are just kind of growing it in-house. Um, Amy and I have the opportunity to speak on a panel um, at the IT Nation, which is an industry event um, for uh, managed service providers uh, at the end of the month. And we're going to be talking about apprenticeships and how we've used it in our business and how people can develop that um, develop that superpower for their business or where they can partner with uh you know, local um, education groups for that. It feels like this program is 
uh, a secret weapon for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an open secret, but yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. It really is. And um, I just love all the people on our team. And, I'm, uh, you know, the ultimately at the end of the day, Clever Ducks and I am measured by the talent that is on the team and the work that they do. Um, so, yes, it is, a, it is a secret weapon. So when you... I'm, Let's take it away from the abstract, and you're going to talk at an industry conference where there's a lot of people you don't know. Let's bring it home, and you're talking to people here about why this program, uh, why someone needs to get involved in the program as a business. What what are the two things you would tell them? Um, I would say, you know, stop wringing your hands about not being able to recruit the right people. You know, if it's not working switch gears and try something else. Um, so if, you know, all the advertising is not working and you're just not getting the right candidates, you should consider um, changing your criteria and accepting people maybe with less or no experience but have the, um, have the capability to learn. Um, people are amazing. People are super adaptable. And if they um, want to do it and they're hungry for it and it's fun for them, like it's fun for Sebrin, um, they have an unfair advantage of, you know, all the other people are just checking a box. Um, and so I think it's a good combination um, where there's a, there's a need and there's a passion. And if you just come alongside people and help them, um, they can do amazing things. And I think that um, the apprentices are grateful that we gave them a shot, you know, and uh, we're grateful because very quickly they become a, a very, very important part of the team. I think that's part of the promise is that, Sebrin, this isn't a job, but the beginning of a new career. Exactly. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. That's how I saw it. And that's what uh, I appreciated about it. Yeah, that's the, um, if it was just jobs, that's that's not as interesting as building careers, right? So where do you see your career in three years from now? I uh, I will know a lot more, <laughs> uh, at least in uh, with uh, IT and um, you know like I want to start building like servers and and really uh, make decisions for companies and that's where I really see myself in the next three years. So one of the things I think you were alluding to, Peter, was the um, the the personal skills, the being able to talk to clients, which tends to be a little hard with engineering. Sometimes, you know, not to stereotype, worked with engineers my whole life. Uh, but in in your client-facing business, having them be able to, having the employees be able to relate and, as you said, allay the fears and have people not feel guilty and all of that that's a higher order of almost human psychology that they have to be good at, right? Uh, that's true. And those skills just keep getting leveled up as you move higher up in the food chain. Like what Sebrin was alluding to is leading the IT process for customers and helping them make decisions for their business. I mean, really, that's the next level of soft skills so that they're able to um, – listen to the business challenges that a customer is having and understand how, you know, what the impact to their, you know, meeting their business goals are, um, maybe what it means personally for the business owner and be able to articulate a technical solution um, that can address those needs, you know, or take advantage of some opportunities that are there. 
um, and communicate that in a way that the business owner can understand. Like, yes, I get this. It'll it'll increase revenue. It'll um, mitigate risk or it'll cut costs because that's what business owners care about. And if you can nail two of those, um, they pretty much thumbs up, right? Get all three and, you know, they're going to throw a party. And so that that's a skill that um, IT people tend not to have because they're just focused on technology and they they think the technology is the end of itself, but it's not. The technology is there to serve the people in the company and serve a business need. So there's almost, it feels like they have to have an emotional IQ or emotional intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because, um, you know, not all businesses are, have an infinite amount of um, money to spend um, unless you're Apple or Google or something, you know, so there's, there's always a juggle uh, where uh, clients are, um, you know, just have a finite number of resources to spend and um, the tech has got to be able to you know, take that in and help them navigate, um, you know, the different uh, challenges, you know, and to fit their budget or whatnot and not get upset about it. You know, it's not about, they're not rejecting technology. Exactly. See, Renee, you know, it dawns on me that you're, um, you're actually ideally suited to this job with your background in translation from one language to another, now you're translating from that IT, very geeky, nerdy language that most civilians do not understand at all. Mm -hmm. And when you're there, you've got to be able to translate from their world to your world and from your world to their world. So it seems like it's a perfect fit for you. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I feel like I fit in pretty quickly. So, um, and, and I, I love how, you know, reflecting back on myself, I've really, I just am so much better at it. And it's amazing what that's one true. year will do. <laughs> and I wanted to say, too, that's one thing, an advantage of hiring an apprentice is just like Seabrin, they, they come with um, some professional experience earlier from their past careers or something like that that they can bring to the table to their new career. And that's different than just hiring somebody right out of college or right out of high school. They have, you know, something else that they can add to the picture. Well, you had your three, you said three years in Japan? Yes. Boy, I'm jealous of that. That must have been fantastic. It was great. <laughs> what was your degree? Uh, actually, history. So, some liberal from arts, yeah. <laughs> history to teaching English to helping people keep their IT systems up and actually ahead of the curve, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's a it, it just feels like trying to stay on top of that's a slippery slope, Peter. You know, as a as a business owner myself, I'm thinking just trying to stay on top of my iPhone updates is, you know, much less the things like internet security and hack, I mean all of those evolving dramas. So how much continuing education are you having to do with your business and by extension with the rest of the team? Oh, it's, uh, it's never ending, but it's fuel for IT or technical people. We just, we, we read this stuff in our time off. Um, we love talking about it. Uh, we can annoy our spouses <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> bit. Um, it's just something that um, is all-consuming. It's just it's fascinating, and it's really a treat to um, explore all the new technologies that are coming along. And, uh, you know, we, we're a part of a team, so not everybody is up on everything, but everybody knows something about something. And um, we're, we have a daily technical stand-up meeting. Um, whole, the whole team is there. And uh, that's just a time where knowledge is transferred and people are kept 
calibrated on what's going on in the business and things that are happening in technology. And it's, it's really fun. But you, you just, um, if it's work for you, then it's probably not the right uh, field for you. But if it's fun, then, you know, you have an unfair advantage um, than, than for everybody else. Did you think you'd be having this much fun, Subran? Um, I'm glad I am. Uh, I didn't, <laughs> I, I, I figured I would, but you know, there's some days where just like, this was awesome. Like, <laughs> so, um, I, uh, I really cherish those. So, um, do you, I'm going to guess that work is all consuming, but I guess you, I'm going to also assume you have a social life outside of work. Yep. Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> and do you, um, tell your friends how great this program was. Do you, do friends see how happy you? I mean, you're just you're lit up. You seem like a real happy guy. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. I mean, I have friends all over and in, in every industry, and and I tell them about how apprenticeships have really uh, improved my life, and they saw it as a as a real key to um, growing. So they 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 push me on just as much. Well, it also helped your bottom line. I'm guessing as well, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's improved, <laughs> right? Because it's a better. I mean, the, the the promise here is both to the employers that we're going to get you really quality people that are not just uh, single trained, but there's a broad scope of training that they have, and then to potential apprentices that we're not going to get you a job. We're going to get you the the first step in a career. Mm-hmm. So that that's a big deal. Yeah, and that was that was the big key for me for applying because when I came back from Japan, I I was looking for new career options, and I felt like this was a great opportunity, um, and uh, I didn't want to come back for a job. And don't forget that it's not the slow partners' promise. I mean, it's up to like someone like Sebron. He did that himself. You know, slow partners. We give those introductions, we give those warm connections to the businesses, but they have to do the hard work. They have to perform well at the boot camp. They have, you know, they can't miss more than one or two classes. And then they really have to go out and and follow up with the employers and, and get the job on their own. And it takes um, tenacity and hard work and all of those things. Did I hear you say getting a job is a job? It really is, don't you think? Getting a job is a is a, a job, job. <laughs> it, at least a part time job. It takes a lot of work, a lot of follow up. You know, if you just kind of, you're never going to get a job if you just sit back and and wait for it to find you. <laughs> well, I think that philosophy permeates everything here, and that's why we go from a thousand applicants to you know a, just a small cohort, and we're getting even better at. Um, identifying who those people are. So that group of people that are coming out the back end of that are perfect uh, for guys like Peter to to dip into. And it's it's about trust, right? So you trust that you're getting a quality education. Peter's trusting he's getting a great uh, new employee who's going to be with him for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you folks for being on the show and, and telling us your story. This is fantastic. We, we want other... Uh, employers to listen to this and think, well, how do I get myself a Sebron? Without getting Sebron, we don't want to poach <laughs> you. You're going to stay here forever. And how other people could, <laughs> who want to get a career, want to take something they're already doing and maybe a hobby or a passion they have for something and learn something uh, new. Paula, how does someone get in touch with us on either way here? Absolutely. They can go to our website, slowpartners.org, or they can also email us at info at slowpartners.org. 
Well, perfect. Thank you so much. It was great to meet the two of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. How will you bring this system to your community and say hello to new careers and goodbye to low-wage jobs? For more episodes, visit hellocareers.org or send us a note to podcast at hellocareers.org. We'd love to hear from you with questions or success stories of how apprenticeship is working in your region. Till next time, I'm Mark Sylvester with Hello Careers.